household the same exact way. So when people would tell me, hey, my dad did this, my dad would do that, I grew up very angry and very bitter. And, and I would think, well, my mom has to work three to four jobs for that. Why do, why do you get everything that you, des- like, you don't even deserve that? You do nothing. Your father's an alcoholic. You do no- I grew up with so much bitterness and so much hatred towards people that it ended up becoming who I was and just a part of me. And growing up without a father, you begin to put your hope and trust in things of the world, which ended up was my mom. My mom ended up trusting these men around me to babysit us, but that ended up with me being molested with a handful of times from different people I never knew. And with that happening, I grew up very bitter. I hated everybody. I even hated God at a point. But because of God's grace, I am saved, and I praise Jesus for that. And we're just waiting on the first slide to come up, and once we do, there I am. Hey, wow, that's a nice seat. Well, I did. I did. Drugs ruined that. But this was me in high school. And because of my result of growing up bitterness and angry, I decided, you know what? I'm going to love myself. Forget God. Forget the Bible. Forget the holiness of love. I'm going to go and find love myself. And resulting of that, I ended up hating myself. You may think, well, look at you. you you're good looking and you have everything. You may have an iPhone. But you know what? You know what? I didn't have the love of God. I hated my life. And, and when I began to find things of love, I began to put my love and trust in drugs and my friends. We can go to the next slide. And not this one, the next one. This one. And if you see this, you can see my friends here. This is who I thought my friends were. Uh, three lesbians are in this photo. A man portraying Jesus sticking up the middle finger. My friend was holding a bottle. And the other one, the back, had cocaine on him. And that's who I thought my friends were. My friends were the best of friends. I love my friends, and they love me. But you know what happened? The one who introduced me to cocaine got me high and left me in a suburb. I did not know how to get back. The one who's portraying Jesus ended up calling me out in high school, even though he stole my money and my drugs. All of these people in high school turned on me, but I put my hope and trust in man instead of God, instead of a holy God, instead of a trustworthy God. But instead, I was like, you know what? I don't want God. I'm good without him. So you know what? You Christians keep your religious beliefs. I'm good. I don't want to change. I love me. But a lot of you guys here today are putting your hope and trust in friends that are going to abandon you. They're going to leave you. They're going to they're gonna stick up their nose at you and say, you know what? I don't want to follow God. You follow God. You're a freak. You're weird. I don't want to be part of that. But guess what? We are not called to be of this world, church. We're called to be in it, but not a part of it. And that's what sets us apart. Jesus said they're going to hate me before they hate you. So guess what? They're not hating you. They're hating Jesus in you. So praise God for that. So all of these people, oh, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So with all these people, I really thought they were my best friends. This one got me high whenever I wanted. This one hooked me up with girls. All these girls, these photos I actually hooked up with. Why? Because I did not love myself. I loved me, and I loved what made me feel good. But what made me feel good was only Jesus. But I decided, you know what? Love is love. I'm a lesbian, and that's who I am, and that's who I'm going to be the rest of my life. So I ended up dating a woman. I ended up being with her for nine years. I ended up proposing to her, and what I thought was true love was actually fake love because in the midst of our relationship, I cheated on her with men because I did not know if women was all I wanted or men was all I wanted. What made me feel good, I went to it. And on the next photo that we passed up the second time, you can tell that I was really down in the dumps. This was two weeks before I was planning on killing myself. And you may think, well, why would you do that? You have everything you wanted. You won most popular. You had all the friends. But the truth was, I did not know God. And it's really crazy because two weeks before coming to God, Jennifer, an old leader in this church, and she was just so amazing. She came to me one day. 
she said, I was in high school, and I just came to school every day high, every day wasted, drunk, pills, ecstasy. I did cocaine. I did whatever got me through the day because I did not love myself. And then one day in class, she said, Sadia, do you know why you're upset? Do you know why you hit yourself? And she wasn't a Bible scholar student. She, did, she was not a theologian. She didn't know the entire Bible, but she knew that Jesus Christ loved me. She knew that he died for my sins and that he was worthy to be praised. And she knew that he can make me new. Even in my identity, he can make me new. She said, you're lost because you don't know Jesus. And I honestly wish I can say I repented that day of my sins, but I stuck up my back and stuck up my nose and said, forget you and Jesus. I don't need no one. I'm good. Am I? Are you guys good? Are you guys good in class when people tell you about God? Are you guys good? Evaluate your heart today, church. Are you guys good? When you go home today, are you good? When they do altar call, are you good? And many of you saying, I'm good. You're not good. Even Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but the Father. And no one here can say, I've never sinned. Who's here, who's here stole something before? Raise your hand. I have. Who's here lied before? Raise your hand. Raise your hand, buddy. I know you're lying. You're lying right now. We all lie. We're all falling short of sin. That's why Jesus Christ came and died for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And while I was in my car, I just did a line of drugs. My eyes were droopy. I was driving. My friend said, hey, let's take a picture. The one who took the picture I hooked up with three hours later, and she said, hey, I got to go. My boyfriend's calling me. I said, you know what? I hate myself. I hate my life, but I could not commit suicide because I knew where I would go, and I would go to hell. And many of us here are today just sitting here thinking, I hate my life. They always do the same exact song. I hate this song. I hate, the, I hate the sermon. I hate my life. Then what are you doing to improve it? You're not doing anything but saying you're good. Come up here and repent of your sins. That's the only way to become good. It's only through Jesus. And, you know, four years later, I, I repented of my sins. I, what I thought I repented, I became a leader in this church. I had started attending SUM in 2015. And then what I thought was secret sin became a reality of me. I did not fully believe in the sovereignty of God. I did not believe in the goodness of God. So you know what I did? I hid. I hid in sin. I would be in here Monday all day for SUM with Lily and Joe B. And we would just talk about the goodness of God. And I felt so angry at myself. And I hated them because I was like, man, they really mean it. And I don't. And right after school, I would go to the gay bars and party. And people may think, you did that? Yeah, secret sin. It's living a double life. That's lying. I lied. And while people will ask me, hey, are, are, you, are you good? Are you in sin? I'll say, no, I'm not in sin. Meanwhile, I'm still sobering up from being at the gay bars two weeks in a row. I'm telling you guys, no one can outlove me besides the love of God. No one can do it. No one can do it for you. Your family cannot love you besides the love of God. True love waits. And I'm telling you that with so much passion because true love died on the cross. It wasn't just spit that was spat on him, words thrown on him, dirt thrown on him, but it was your sins that were drenched on him just like me. And... When I confess of my sins, you can, go, you can go ahead to the screenshots. When I came, came to church one day, right after I told my fiance, I said, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. I'm in sin. I'm living a double life. I don't want to be with you. She decided to send screenshots to Pastor Lauren. And if anyone here know Pastor Lauren, you know Mama Lauren don't play. And 
I was in the parking lot walking out, saying, you know what, God, today is the day. New year, new me. I'm going to get right with you. And he really meant it. You know, people post new year, no, like, new year, new me on Facebook. And I get really excited to see these new identities, but the same old faces, same old problems. But God really meant it. God really meant it. I was like, you know what, God? I remember going in my house December 31st. I bought a bottle, drank it. I said, you know what, God? I opened my door. I said, new year, new me. Let's go. And then he really meant it. And I love God about that because he hates sin. I walk into the parking lot, and Lauren and Pastor Nancy were there, and they said, we know. My heart dropped. You know how you just get that text message from your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you hook up with at this point in time, and they just say, hey, we got to talk. Your heart drops because you know they know. That was that. And then Lauren said, we know. We know you've been in sin. We know you've been lying to us for two, three years. We know. Speak up about it. Be honest. But I didn't because I didn't want to lose my reputation, my identity of who I built myself on. But it was all fake. Psalms 2 speaks of God smashing people like pottery. And that's what happened. My life fell because it was built on sand and not on rock. I did not choose to put my life on God who was the foundation of the earth because he created the earth. But I decided to put myself as my own God. People say, well, that's not my sin. I don't lie. I don't steal. But the truth is, then what is it? Because then you're, you are your own God. And that's what happened that day. Uh, Lauren said, we know everything. Just confess. Be set free. You don't have to just be new, Sadia. Speak up. But I chose not to because I made my identity on what I, on what I lied about. And then she said, why are you making it so hard to confess your sins? We know. Just confess. But the thing was, I did not really believe all God said he was. And that's what many of you are here today doing. You guys are here every Friday, Sunday, worshiping God. Yeah, you know, we pray. Let me put up a Bible verse. But do you really believe in the verses you put up with? Or are you just praying on your social media life? Because truth is, at the end of the day, if you accept Jesus as your Savior or not, that's up to you. But God is a holy God. He does not like sin. He actually hates sin. And I truly feel in my heart that when Jesus died on the cross... And he screamed out, Father, Father, God had to turn away because he was so full of sin that he hated it. Like, man, son, you're just so full of sin. But that's the God we serve. That's the Jesus we, we serve. That's the Jesus we love and we, and we praise for. And when Lauren said, this is not your identity, that's what some of you guys are doing here today. You guys are putting your hope and identity in your friends. They're going to fail you just like they failed me. Did, did we forget that we die at the end of our life? But Jesus did not die. He rose on the third day, and that's who I put my identity in. That's who I put my trust in. I put my trust in a God who said, hey, the temple's going to be destroyed, but in three days it's going to be back up. Some of you guys here are saying, well, I worship, I worship Buddha and Allah. Did you know that Buddha died on his deathbed saying, I'm still searching for the truth? When Jesus Christ said, I am the truth, like this is the truth that we put our hope in. We put our hope in the word of God, in the trust of God. And when Lauren eventually found out everything, because I kept on lying, I kept on doing my life because I didn't really believe it. I said, you know what? Since you guys know what I'm doing, I'm going to keep on. I left church. And I remember I sat right there where Joby is hanging over, right there. And I said, you know what, man? This thing ain't for me. I looked around one last time and I said, man, this, this ain't for me. I left and I never came back. Until a month later, February 8th, 2017, which makes two years today. I was at the gay bar the night before, and the man said to me, this drunk gay man said, you don't belong here. 
and I really prayed, and I sought out God, and this is when I was cussing out God, and I was so angry, but I was, felt like David, like, man, God, I don't know what to do, and I don't know what to know, but I don't, give me something. This man at the gay bar looked at me and said, you don't belong here. I looked at him and said, yes, I do. I'm just like you. My hair is pulled back. My pants are sagging. I hooked up with more men and women than you ever did. And he said, nope, you don't belong here. You're fake. And I'm here telling that to some of you guys here today. You guys come in here Fridays, worship, raise your hands, but you guys are living this fake life. Get real with God. Like Lauren said to me, let's get real. It's God's mercy that he's allowed you to confess instead of dying in your sins. What are you guys doing here today, youth? It's God's mercy you woke up. It's God's mercy you took the bus. It's God's mercy you're here. Repent while you have time. Save yourself. Because when you die and you're in front of God, he's going to say, did you know Jesus? Yeah, I know him. Well, good for you. The demons in hell know him too. But did you really know? Did you believe in him? Did you follow him? Did you follow my son's commands? What did you do? I prophesied in your name. I laid my hands on people. To hell with that. Even the demons in hell did that. What did you do? I'm telling you today, youth, please get right with God. I am begging you to be in the hands of a wrath and just God. It's the most scariest thing ever. I knew I was in sin. I knew I was wicked. I'll come to church and hear it. Are you right with God? Repent and get right. But I chose not to because I didn't want to believe all that God said he has for me. Some of you youth are doing that today. How do I know God is real? How do I know he's, he is who he says he is? How do I know? Trust him. Put your hope in him. Because if you put your hope in man, you will not, you will fail. Men die at the end of the day. Jesus rose on the third day, and that's it. And I pray that when they do altar call, I don't care if you've been up here 500 times. I don't care if you live at the altar, if you got a spot here. Because my spot is right there. Right there. When I see Pastor Nancy and Lauren, boom, I'm up here. Hey, pray for me. And if you care what people think, to hell with what people think. Because that's where you're going to go with your thoughts. And I'm just going to pray just for the Holy Spirit to just light a fire in you guys today. That you guys really get real with Jesus. That you guys decide to stop playing these games with him. Lord, I thank you so much just for these youth, God. I thank you so much just for me to share my testimony. Lord, I pray for every youth in every spot today, God, to just get convicted. And I pray that they stop fearing man, Lord. I pray that they stop fearing their leaders. God, we will die at the end of our, at the end of our days, God. And I pray that when they come up here at the altars, when they do altar call, God, I pray that they do mean business with you, God. I pray that they see the vision as a goal, God, that they will produce disciples, that they will become serious in their calling, Lord. Have your way in this ministry, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Well, that was pretty much true. Praise God. Praise God. Give a hand clap for Jesus and what she did, what he did in Sadia's testimony. Praise God. So I, can we show that picture one more time of uh, the dude dressed up like Jesus? It's like, man, that's crazy. Just look at that picture. Some of y'all, if y'all don't get right, you'll be right there. That's the truth. Because I'm telling you, I have some friends that are just like that too. Sadia actually knows a lot of the people I went to high school with. We actually, uh, where's Sadia? Uh, right? We, know, we, we have some, uh, some common friends that she used to party with used to hook up with. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So Sadia was a very popular person. She knew a lot of people. Everyone considered her to be the happy party person, right? But deep down inside, you know, there was a turmoil. There was, a, there was an issue. And that issue is 
the love of God, right, versus the lust of this world. If we can go to Romans 1, 18 to 25. Romans 1, 18 uh, to 25. So it says right here, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So the wrath of God is being revealed. It's being shown. It's being, it's being put right in front of your face, right? From heaven against all the godlessness, all the people without God and the wickedness of people. Those who what? Suppress the truth. Suppress the truth. Our pastor likes to relate it to when you got a ball, right? And you're trying to put it underwater. You're trying to put it underwater. You're trying to suppress it from coming to the surface. So we try to suppress all the goodness of God. What he says is true. We try to push it away. We try to make excuses, push it down, right? We try to hide it like Sadiel was saying. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. Everyone in that picture, including Sadia and every one of us, we've known when our sin is bad. We know when we shouldn't have lied. We've known when we shouldn't have done drugs. We know when we shouldn't have had sex. We know this. Some of us laugh at it. We know and we're happy about it. We suppress the truth. Nah, that ain't bad. That's just me. That's who I am. That's my personality, right? Where's God? Suppress the truth, right? For since the creation of the world, God's invisible quality. And let's say this together, right? One, two, three. His eternal power and say it together, guys. This is what is obvious. This is what every one of you know. This is what is in your heart. You cannot deny this or the Bible is a lie. His eternal power, his divine nature has been clearly seen. His invisible qualities. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows they're going to die, and after they die, there's going to be some type of life. Atheists, they try to, try to understand, like, oh, well, maybe we go on living as this. Maybe we go on living as that. You try to say, maybe there's purgatory. Maybe God will forgive me at the last second. We all know there's a God. We all know he's perfect, and we all know we're not. Why? Why? Because it's clearly seen. It's obvious. Being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. No one in this room, whether you're here for the first time, whether you've been coming, whether you've been here, whether you've been in one-on-one, two-on-one, whatever you think this is, whether you grew up in church, you have no excuse. Whether you've been abused, whether you've been raped, whether you've killed, whether you've lied, whatever you think you have as an excuse, you have none. We have no excuse. None of it. None of it. Whether you think that you're some depressed kid who needs to commit suicide, you have no excuse. You have sin, and you deny who God is. This is the truth for everyone. When my mother died at 10 years old, I had no excuse to turn away from God, but I did. I knew what was clearly seen. I knew what was obvious. When Sadia was about to commit suicide after smoking cocaine, you may have felt pity for her, but she knew what she was doing was wrong. She knew it, and she ran away from it. For although they knew God, they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Some of you today in worship, I'm so glad that verse came to my mind because you would never give glory to God. That would never even come across your mind. Why? Because you're wicked, you're foolish, and your thoughts are futile. You know God and you run away from him. 
You know the loving God who has given kindness to everyone on earth, given mercy to, but yet you run away from him. You're foolish, and you would never give glory to God in this thinking. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You became dark. You became to hide yourself in the light and what was good. Although they claim to be wise, you guys think you're so smart. We think we're so smart as humans, right? Man, if I just hide, right? If I don't tell anybody, if I don't tell anybody what I'm really thinking, if I don't tell anyone my intentions, they'll never know. Hey, man, listen, I can outsmart God. I'll just live my life till I'm like 25, 30, then I'll repent and live for God. We think we're so wise. Man, I'm just going to live a kid. I'm 13, I'm 14, man. God understands, right? They claimed to be wise. They, they, then they became fools. In their attempt to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory, the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings, birds and animals and reptiles, right? We worship all types of things now, right? You know, I don't read the Bible, but, I, man, I sure do text my girlfriend all day. I worship her, man. She is beautiful, bro. Like, if you've seen my girlfriend, right, you would think she's amazing. You would want to worship her. You'd bow down. Man, my, I don't worship God, but, man, my boyfriend, he's fine. He's fine. That boy, he's fine. Oh, man, you know what? I don't really, I don't really like going to church, but I wake up in the morning, go to the Jordan store, get some shoes. Oh, man, you know what? I would never spend time in prayer, but you know what I'd be? I'd be on Fortnite. Oh, I'd be on Fortnite. We, we exchange the glory of God worshiping him for man-made things. The God who is immortal, who will never die for some shoes, a relationship, that, relationship that's in the last two weeks, for your education, for all these things, for people. So what, is, what happens now? Therefore, God, he gave them over in, the, over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. You see how it just flips so crazy. It just went from like, man, they're worshiping reptiles to like... They degrading one another? That's kind of weird. How you go from worshiping a snake to now all of a sudden touching each other's booties? What's going on now? Booties. I say the other word. So here's the thing. Yeah, but that's what it's talking about. You're saying, whoa, but you probably want to do that anyway. This is the thing. This is mankind that we go from taking what we worship for God, and now we're touching things. We're degrading people. We're having sex outside of marriage. We're having sex with other men are having sex with other men. Women are having sex with other women. And this is exactly what God has given us over to because we don't want him. We don't want him. So here's my question to you, and you probably understand, don't understand this, but why do we lust? Why do we lust? This is exactly why. Because we've exchanged the worship of God for the worship of man. We rejected God. We said, I don't want God. I want this person. God can't satisfy me. This person can. God can't make me new. This person can. So we have sex outside of marriage. So we can't get a girlfriend. So we turn to porn. We get a girlfriend. We understand the girlfriend ain't that cute. We go back to porn. This is real stuff. This is what people do. We, and listen, people, in the, people when they get married, it don't stop there. Marriages, has, marriages have almost ended because the husband wasn't satisfied with the wife, so he went to porn. Wasn't satisfied with porn, he went to another person. The woman found out, the wife found out, boom, divorce. You see, there's this unsatisfaction, there is this degrading of our souls once we decide to stop worshiping God and start worshiping people and start degrading them. Listen, you cannot love someone if you lust after them. You can't. You can't. 
If we can go to uh, the PowerPoints. You see, we learned yesterday or last week, right, what love is. But today we're going to learn what lust is. Because this is the thing. A lot of us, we think we have love, but at the end of the day, what it is is lust. It's just lust. You don't have love. You've never known love. You wouldn't be able to love someone even if they begged you to. Love is patient. Love is kind, right? Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. But what is lust? Love is fast. Lust is fast-paced. They can't wait. Yo, I can't wait to have sex. I can't wait till marriage. I love this girl way too much. We're about to get it on right now. Lust is fast-paced. Oh, you, want, you don't want to kiss just yet? Too late. That's what I want. If you want to be with me, you got to understand this. Lust is rude, right? Oh, you're talking to other girls. You're ignoring me. You're giving me the cold shoulder. You don't like to treat me with kindness, but he still loves me. Oh, your boyfriend hits you. Oh, he, he still loves me. He still loves me. Oh, your boyfriend talks down to you. He still loves me. Oh, your boyfriend doesn't really listen to you. Oh, he still loves me. He still, lust is jealous, right? Who are you talking to? Who's on your phone? What's going on? The whole time you're jealous. You're jealous. You think you love this person, right? But you're jealous for them. You think you own them. You think, hey, listen, I can't trust you. I'm jealous of what you have. Oh, man, my, I can't be with someone who's more attractive than me because you know what? They might, you know, I get jealous, right? We, all these thoughts come in our mind. We're thinking it's love. Lust is boastful. Lust, lust, love does not boast in itself. It doesn't lift itself up. It lifts others up. Lust, what it does is it makes itself look good. So when you're in a relationship and all of a sudden the person starts ignoring you, wants all the attention on themselves, or you do that, well, guess what? That's not love for you. That's lust. Lust is proud. Does the same, similar thing to, to, uh, to uh, boastfulness, except it's when, when someone does something wrong, right? Like, well, why are you talking to this person? Weren't you supposed to be with me? Well, that's your fault. It's your fault. You should have loved me better. You should have done this. That's what lust does. That's what lust does. It puts the blame off of themselves and puts it on others. That's what lust does. If we go to the next one, love seeks others. It seeks others' benefit. Love is not easily angered. Love forgives. Love rejoices in the truth. Love always protects. But what is lust? Lust is self-seeking. Lust is always thinking about itself. Lust is like, man, what can this girl do for me? What can this girl do for me? How much is she going to talk to me? What can this guy do for me? What can this person do for me? It's never, what can I do for this person? How can I share life with this person? How can I love this person? Lust is easily angered. You get irked. You get irritated with the person you love the most. That's lust. You don't truly love them. Love is patient. Love does not easily get angered. Lust keeps record of wrongs. You, you said you forgave me. Why are you bringing up old things? Don't you love me? Don't you love me? This is what lust is. And this is personal. These are things that happen in our lives. Lust does lights in evil. The Bible says that the wicked, they think and plan to do evil in their beds. Some of y'all were planning today to do evil. Get with a girl. Have sex with her. Get drunk. Do weed. Lie. Steal. Cheat. Some of us were thinking those things today. Planning. But love does only rejoices in the truth. Lust delights in evil. Lust lets bad things happen to you. You see, love doesn't do that. Love protects you. Love doesn't let you, right? Love doesn't lead you on. Lust leads you on, lets bad things happen to you. Next slide, please. Love 
Love, always trust. You can't trust someone, you probably don't love them. Love always hopes. You can't hope for the best in that person, you probably don't love them. Love always perseveres. If you give up, you probably don't love them. Love never fails. If your relationship failed, it probably wasn't love. That's the difference between love and lust. But to summarize it, if you can go to the last, last slide, this is, makes it, I know it's a long definition, but love is Christ-centered, unconditional, self-sacrificial devotion or service to another person. That means love only can be started with Christ. You cannot love anyone if you have not received the love of God. Because here's the thing, you love someone, why do you love someone? Think about it. Why does a person who has not received the love of God love someone? You love someone because you think you can get something out of it. You think you can maybe get better things. Maybe blessings will come your way. Maybe that person can treat you better. Maybe she's good in the bed. Maybe he's good in the bed. Maybe he kisses good. She kisses good. Maybe she'll protect me. Maybe she'll do this, right? Love is Christ-centered. If it's not Christ-centered, then it can't be unconditional. Unconditional means it doesn't matter what you do, I will always love you. It doesn't matter what you say, I will always love you. It doesn't matter what happens between us, I will always love you. Love is self-sacrificial. It's always giving oneself up for the other person, serving them. If you're thinking about yourself in a relationship, you can't do something for another person because you can't serve them. You'd rather be served. You cannot love. None of this is possible without Christ. It becomes lust. It is a desire-centered, sacrificial focus and devotion or service to oneself. That means, listen, lust is desire-centered. I feel this way about that person. Everything goes around feelings. I desire this person. The lust that God gave you over is now your God. Your desires, your selfish ambition, all of it is your God. That's who you live for. That's who you worship. So now when it comes to actually having a relationship, you come to the person and you're all about self. You sacrifice the other person's needs. Oh, you got to be like this for me. You got to be like that for me. If you're not like this, we can't be together. If you're not like this, we can't be together. You can't love someone until you sacrifice them. You start to tear bits that you don't like about them. I don't like this about you. we got to sacrifice that. You see, it becomes a focus and a devotion. You begin to worship yourself, and that is lust. Lust is the worship of self. And here's the thing, right? This is wrong. If we go back to uh, Romans 1, 18 to 20, uh, 25, and go down to verse 22, this is wrong. The, the, actually, the wrath of God is coming for your lust. Think about this. Your lust is bringing the wrath of God. Your lust, my lust, the lust in this world is bringing the wrath of God. You think it won't harm nobody, but God despises it. He hates it. He hates perverse talk. He hates the wicked things that we do when we think God isn't looking. We think other people aren't around. He hates it. He hates the lust. What is lust? Lust is when you crave something more than God. It's when you crave something more than God. Lust in terms of sexuality is when you crave someone sexually outside of God's creation, outside of what God created it to be. So you see a girl walking by, and you lust after her, and you say, man, I fell in love. Love at first sight. Romeo and Juliet, they weren't in love. I'm telling you right now. Romeo and Juliet, they were not in love. 
Romeo saw Juliet, just broke up, was like, dang, I'm trying to get at some girl. Saw a young 15-year-old, said, let me get at that. She's going to be easy. She's going to make me feel better. Right? A lot of people, we look to that as our love story. But I look to the cross. I look to the cross. That is the true love story. So here's the thing. Proverbs, uh, actually, if we can go to Matthew uh, 6, Matthew 5, 27 to 30. Why do we love? I asked, you know, why do we lust, but why do we love? Nope, that's not it. That's not it. Why is there this desire for love? Why is there a desire for love? Why is it that a, a woman, right, can give birth to a child without knowing God instead of aborting them, especially now in these days? Why is there love? Why do we crave it? Why do we crave someone who would care about us? Why do we crave someone that would give themselves up for us? Why is there love? Why? In a world that we only believe in what we see, why do we believe in this thing called love? We can't see love. Show me love. Literally, put your hand out and show me love. Show it to me. You can't. You can't. Why do we then believe it? Why do we search after it? Why do we make songs about love? Why do we think this person loves us? Why? Because God has made us to love God has put love, a love-shaped heart. He, he has put love, the search for him in there, in our DNA, in our very beings. We were made to love. That's why the world is so jacked up, because we've neglected what God intended us to do, and it's love. We decided to lust after things, lust after people, worship ourselves, worship the other things. Matthew 5, 27 to 30 says this, if you, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Adultery is when you cheat on your wife or you have sex on so with someone that is not your wife or your husband. But I tell you that anyone who looks, hear this, looks, that's not even, that's not even really an action. And a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You know who he was speaking to? An audience that killed adulterers. An audience that stoned adulterers. An audience that if they caught you having sex outside of marriage, they would drag you out in front of a town, throw you in the center, and have everyone stone you. Look at this adulteress. Look at this dirty, filthy animal. Kill her. Kill him. That was the audience he was talking to. And he was, Jesus was putting it right back on them, right back on these self-religious people that lusted in their heart. He knew their hearts. And he said, whoever looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery already. Think about the, the, the weight of that. How many times have you lusted after someone that's not your wife? How many times have you looked at them? And according to the law, you're guilty of murder. I mean, you're guilty of adultery. You are sentenced to hell. This is how real it gets. It doesn't matter if you've been dating her for 10 years. If she don't got a ring, that ain't yours. It don't matter if you've been dating for five months. If she's not your wife, you're lusting. Repent. That's what Jesus is saying. Proverbs, if you can go to Proverbs 11:20, This is wisdom. This is the wisdom book. This is what now the Bible tells us to do. Proverbs 11:20. It says in Proverbs eleven twenty. it says, do not be captive by her beauty. Do not be captive by her beauty. It says, the Lord detests those, there you go, the Lord detests those whose hearts are perverse. 
If you have a perverted heart, if you have a lustful heart, God is not on your side. He detests you. He detests you. He rejects you. He does. And it says, but he delights in those whose ways are blameless. And he causes us not to be, he causes us not to be captivated by another woman's beauty. In Proverbs 6.23, if you could turn there quickly. Proverbs 6.23 It says, for this command is, not five, my bad, 625. It says in Proverbs 625, do not lust in your hearts after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. So it's, there's no excuse whether she was on to you, whether he was on to you. does not matter. Do not let her captivate you. Do not let the lust take you as a slave. If you can go back to Matthew 5, 27 to 30, what are we to do now? Why do we have these desires? Why is it in me? God, how are you going to do that to me, God? Why can't I look at it? Why can't I just admire your creation? I mean, like, she's fine. From She's at least a 10 or 11 out of 5. God, why can't I do this? How are you going to put people like that on this earth and not expect me to lust, not expect me to look after them? How are you going to expect me, right, in this culture to stay pure? What, what exactly is it, right? Here's the thing, we don't understand, right? We think, man, porn ain't bad, I ain't hurting nobody, masturbation, right? We think this isn't bad, but this is, shows, it shows your heart. Your heart is perverse. Your heart is perverse, and you need to repent. And it says, this is as simple as it is, right? Gosh, this used to kill me in high school. This used to kill me as a sinner. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. What? If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. I was like, what, Jesus? Dude, Jesus, why are you telling me to cut things off, man? Like, what, God, come on, man. That's some weird stuff, God. How are you going to tell me to lose things? But God is not talking about your members. That's actually what would be sin. He's talking about things you hold valuable that make you stumble. Oh, this girlfriend, right, she keeps making you stumble. You want to have sex with her? Cut it off. Oh, you know, you, you can't stop looking at uh, porn on Instagram, Facebook, or searching on that. Cut it off. Oh, what? Your relationship is more important than God and it's causing you to stumble and continue to sin? Cut it off. It's better, to go, it's better to go without that person your whole life than go to hell with that person. Amen? So this is the whole thing. It's up to you. Whether you're going to keep this cancer that you call love, which is actually lust, attached to you your whole life as it, messes, as it messes you up, as it gets you pregnant and leaves you. Man, you don't know how many girls I've seen just like a lot of y'all. They get to high school, they fall in love, and they think they're with their, 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 their future husband. Not psyched. That's your baby daddy, and he's going to leave you, and he might not even pay you child support. I mean, how many of us got mamas but no daddies? And how many of us barely see our dad, right? That's lust. That's lust. And I'm sorry I got to put it that way, but that is lust. That is what lust did to your parents. And if you don't repent from your perversion, it will do that to you. It will do that to you. You think homosexuality is fine? Look what it did to Sadia. Look at the lust. It ravaged her. It destroyed her. It put her in suicidal uh, contemplation. Why do we have these desires? 
Well, God created man and woman, plain and simple, to be one in marriage, but we sinned. We thought it wasn't good enough. We wanted more. And that is the sad truth. That is why we have these desires, because of lies and deception. But then why do we have desires for love? Why? Why is there this battle between love and lust in my heart? Why is it that love is still there? As you lust, you're thinking, man, I want something more. You have sex with this person. After you're done, guess what? You're scared. Is this person going to leave me? Is this person going to cheat on me? So you close yourself off. You wall yourself off. You, 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 you're afraid to commit because lust, it takes out the commitment and tries to keep the intimacy, but they're one of the kind. You cannot be intimate with someone unless you are whole, you're committed to God and committed to, committed to them, or you will never trust them. You will never trust them, and that means you will never love. Is there any way out of this thing? I mean, this seems like it's, it's, it's literally, I mean, I can't help but lust, dude. Like, how are you going to sit here like you never lusted? I have lusted. Even after I got saved, I did lust. After I got saved, I went back to pornography after being 10 months free. Because lust, I thought the lust was too strong. I thought, man, it's calling me, man. Like, these videos, these girls, I got to look. I got to do this. The lie became real again. But the Bible makes it so clear. You cut it off. And it even makes it even more clear. If you can go to 2 Timothy 2.22, there's any way out of this lust. Run. Run. Get away from the lust. Run away as far as you can. This girl, she's trying to get at you. She ain't saved. She wants one thing. That's a baby daddy and some kids and some child support. Guess what? You run. You dip. And, oh, man, dude, she's loyal. She's nice. She's funny. But she just wants to have sex. You run. Oh, this guy, he's cute. He's funny. Guess what? Behind your back, you know what he's talking about? How he's going to get it in with you. Plain and simple. You think, you, can, you think you can you can stay with lust and be with God? No, you have to run. The Bible says to flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. You are to run. You are to flee. You are to run away. Get away from. Dude, I'm talking about you saying bolt run away. I ain't talking about jogging, looking back the whole time. I'm saying you turn away from that sin, from that lust, the youthful desires that you say are so prevalent, so around, and you run. That means turning off Facebook. That means getting off the internet. That means going now with people that are living pure. If you're gonna run to your like, you're gonna run to your guy who's trying to smash another girl and be like, "Man, dude, I was lusting." He's like, "Dude, me too. Let's do it together, bro." Plain and simple. That is how high school is nowadays. That's how grammar school is nowadays. I was hearing a story about three people engaged in sex. They were in eighth grade, in my job. You you don't think the lust is evil? You don't think lust is is real? This stuff will tear people apart. I want, you to, I want you to understand there's this thing called sex trafficking. If you can find a picture or anything revolving sex trafficking, put it up. You want to know where your lust goes? Listen, the same lust in a person who watches porn is the same lust in a person who rapes. I bet you don't even understand that. Most rapists, you know what they started off doing? Watching porn, having sex outside of marriage. That's how it starts. Just lust. Just a single look. Jesus said, do not look. Do not even Look. That look is so important because it's the start of it all. It's the start of it all. Listen, uh, there's a, you know, a guy, he watches porn because he can't have sex. And then he has sex. He realizes it's not what he wants. Then he wants someone else. He looks at someone that he wants that he can't have them. So you know what he does? Just like what he did with the porn, he takes advantage of it. And he goes after her. 
the lust that started off so innocent, it's nothing wrong, ended up in rape. Then that rape is not good enough. Let's make a community out of it. Let's make a, let's make a lot money out of it. Let's start taking girls captive, right? Chaining them up and making them sex slaves. That's what lust does. That's what lust does. And we think, hey, man, this is love, right? This, this selfish ambition, this, this selfish thing that's all about me and the sacrifice of others. And I'm, I'm the one getting all the girls. I'm the one getting all the guys. Man, you can't get no girls. All this proud boasting and your lust when the whole time your lust is doing this. The same pool of lust, the same cesspool, the same gunk that you get your lust from. It's the same lust that is doing this. Same lust. You can't differentiate it between it. Because if your mind can go that way, your mind can go this way. If your look can gaze upon this with joy and delightfulness and you love it so much, your mind can do the same thing here. You can do it. And yet, if you want to take lust as far as you can, go ahead, right? I can't judge you, right? I can't judge your lust. Who are you to judge me? While, while millions of girls are getting sex trafficked because of lust. While, while girls are being abused by their fathers because of the lust of their father. While girls, right, can't keep themselves, they can't, they don't understand modesty, they don't understand humility, they, they think they're so proud, they, bo- they put themselves out there and they try to get every guy, and then that's why we have so many single mothers, because they're just lusting after her, after any guy. See, this is the issue. We don't understand that lust is not for us. These emotions, those feelings, these desires that we've decided to worship and give up the almighty God who's perfect, who's pure, who wants the best for us. They're not for us. They're not for us. They will break your heart. They will tear you up. They will have you guessing where you're at in life. They will make you think that God is not there for you. They will send you to hell. Cut it off. Run. Flee. Get away from as far as you can. If I can have Stephanie come up and the altar workers. I'm sorry I went a little longer, but this is so relevant. This is needed. So many of us don't care. We don't understand. Take a, take a step back. Look at your sin. Look at the lust in your hearts. Please. See it. See for what it really is. It's worship of self. It's worship of self. You're sacrificing other people for the worship of self. God despises you. He rejects you. But in his love for all of us, he wants you to come to him. He wants to cleanse you of the lust. The lust that is doing this, guess what? The dude whose hand is over this woman, he loves that person. He detests the perversion in them, and he detests the perversion and the, the way they are perverted. And he detests them for the perversion, but he loves them, and he wants them to repent. I saw a sex trafficking video with Lawrence, Karina, and uh, a few other the leaders And there were sex trafficking people that repented and got saved. People that understood that their lust had destroyed other people's lives and they would be held accountable to it. Those people, they found Jesus. There is hope for everyone that lusts to flee from these things, to run from these things, to find Jesus, to find purity. The Bible says if you hope in the Lord, you purify yourself. If I can have the, the other altar worker, uh, please. If you guys can all stand, we're about to have an altar call. If you're not familiar with an altar call, this is a time for you to reflect, to get right. 
It's a time that you think about what has been said, and now you ask God to reveal it to you. Ask God to show you where you're wrong in your life. And I implore you, I beg you, please consider that your lust is evil. Consider where your lust has taken you. There's no point in hiding it. Trust me. You will not receive judgment from these altar workers, from the leaders. And most importantly, if you confess your sins to God, you will not receive judgment from him. He's seen what you've done in secret. He's seen what you've done in public. He's seen who you've done it with, and he's ready to forgive you. If you have not loved yet, if you do not know love, and all you've known is lust, this altar calls for you to come up and to know about the God of love. And if you want to remain pure, if you want to stay away from lust, then I want you to come up and receive prayer too. Because this is the desires of the youth these days. It is lust, and we are to flee from it and pursue truth, righteousness, faith, along with those who call on a pure heart. So if everyone can bow their heads and close their eyes, we do this out of respect for God and to seek Him and to focus. Lord, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, Lord, that you are pure, God, that you are pure, God. You do not take advantage of us, God. We are not pawns in this play. We are not just mere mortals that you can just play around with, God, but you love us so much. God, you don't look at us with lust. You don't look at us trying to just use us, God, but instead you offer us purpose. You offer us plans in our life. You offer us a new life, a clean slate, a new beginning, God. You are able to cleanse us and wash us clean of all sin. Lord, I pray in this place, I ask you, God, to show yourself to those in this place, God, that do not know you, that if they've lusted, God, Lord, I pray that they would understand that you are an approachable God, that you are not ashamed to save them. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would convict them of any other sin, Lord, any other lust, that they're lusting after money, if they're lusting after friends, if they're lusting after things in this world, giving up the worship of you for the worship of self. God, I pray that you convict them now, Lord. Show them their need for you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Show them your needs. God, and I pray for those children of God that, are, that, are, that, are, that believe they are struggling, God. I pray that you convict them right now. Remind them who they are in Christ. Remind them that purity has been given to them. That they have put their hopes in the only pure being that has ever lived, Jesus Christ. Can I pray and they be forgiven and they would walk a new life. Walk in the path of purity. Hallelujah. So as Stephanie sings, I want you guys to come up and I want you guys to receive prayer. Get alone with God. Make a declaration today that you will choose love and not choose lust. Hallelujah.